Dynasty Think Tank. I'm Chad Parsons. He's Jordan McNamara. We share our research, experience, and acumen to build Dynasty winners and unlock those ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek those elite results. And we could have big three thoughts, but frankly, uh, Jordan, we've had two giant running back pieces of news, uh, insightful in their own ways. So we're going to limit this uh, to big two. We're going to play some zone defense here. Alexander Madison with Dalvin Cook's official release. It's an interesting marketplace out there. Uh, two factions of Dynasty Twitter, uh, Fantasy Twitter, Running Back Twitter, uh, if, if you're following along, that you know some people are projecting big things. Other people are actually gravitating. It's been an interesting marketplace to look at uh, Dwayne McBride. You know, and it's like they're, they're thinking that Alexander Madison has a lot of uh, uh, crab, crab claws coming for his job and that he's overpriced. You know, guys never done that. You know, inefficient player. Look at this. You know, it, it's going to be, you know, he has no insulation. Very interesting to see the two factions on Twitter debating Alexander Madison this time of year. Yeah, it's funny because we did this uh, segment on some Madison trades and then Dalvin Cook got cut and now we're back here talking about him again. Again, a player that we would, frankly, we could do a weekly Alexander Madison segment and I'd be just as happy, right? That'd be great. But uh, listen, I think Madison's really interesting because like you looked at, you looked at Twitter and I was just waiting for someone to be like, Delvin Cook got cut. Here's why that hurts Alexander Madison, right? I was waiting for that type of like, reaction because it seemed like maybe it's just my Twitter feed messing with me, but it was Stock all down. negative stuff on Madison. And I'm like, listen, you have a, you have a 220 pound running back that this team committed to after seeing him for four years, they paid him what is his, you know, this ended up being the fourth biggest guarantee of this, of this uh, free agency, which is wild because in almost any other year, this is the second most guaranteed money to a running back. Uh, but because of Miles Sanders, because of uh, 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 Montgomery, right, and those other guys that signed signed bigger deals, right, we we this gets a little bit lost here in terms of that. Um, I think like when you come back and you look at this, and you're like, they they've committed to him. They know exactly what they have with him. They told him he was going to be a starter when they re-signed him. Now they've cut uh, Delvin Cook. Like it, this is getting to, and we'll talk about this comparison a little bit more on the next big thing but this is getting almost josh jacobs level of like all right what does he need to you know like how many more excuses are we going to make before we just accept that he's going to be the guy yeah i i thought this happened during a startup draft and i thought for sure he was going to fly off the board took an extra round or two he was running back 21 off the board just to have a data point, which I think is fair. It's still ahead of the market, which I think is still trailing, running back 25, 28, something like that. But we've talked, you know, if you listen to the deeper dive, uh, and, and thanks so much, you know, if you become a patron over that patreon.com slash dynasty think tank, you're going to get to hear us uh, expound greatly on all the running back depth charts across the NFL. And there's a lot of high wire acts. There's a lot of projections. There's a lot of what's happening here beyond about running back 20. And if you're telling me Madison is one of those, I mean, we don't have as many questions. You kind of outlined it perfectly that, I mean, they have a deep running back room, but I've got big problems with, with a lot of the running backs they have. Wong Wu has never really played running back. <laughs> you know, he's a, he's an athlete, a returner and a spec play on offense. We'll see how that works out. Ty Chandler, 
plummeted in the draft. Uh, you've got, I think you ran four, six, you know, for, for not, you know, a guy that's two twenty plus, I think you have to be concerned about that. Dwayne McBride, he's got one of the worst receiving profiles I've seen as a prospect. So to think that like, he's going to be the hurry up back. He may be like, he could be a good Caleb Huntley candidate, you know, a guy that, wow, look at him with the ball in his belly, but he's not going to be anything more than a distant one B. And I think you have to be careful with that. So those are the guys quote unquote competing and pushing Alexander Madison and it's interesting, like you said, of like it's almost like, ooh, stock down. This is concerning. Because it really feels like nothing really happened. Madison was almost it, it almost seems like he's valued less now than some of the trades we were outlining before Cook was gone. It's like Cook is gone. It's like, well, now we can talk about everybody else. <laughs> you know, it's like the backup quarterback syndrome. Everyone wants the backup quarterback when the starter is struggling. Yet all Alexander Madison has done is produce in spots without Dalvin Cook, here we have, he's not even in town and suddenly we're worried about him. So it doesn't make sense. This isn't really the room, but I mean, I've been seeing Dwayne McBride go a lot earlier. I've been seeing, you know, I had a couple rookie auctions. He's going for bigger money. Ty Chandler's being picked up heavily. Again, I'm fine with spec plays, but I think you have to keep it in context. Like I think Dwayne McBride, I think it was running back fifties. That's way too high. I mean, that's an assumptive running back too. He's got to clear some hurdles. Running back two, how about he makes the depth chart first? Let's start small. They're talking him up a little bit. Ooh, he can catch the ball better than when he was at UAB. Better than what? <laughs> better than bad? Better than nothing? I don't get what we're talking about here. Andre Williams 2.0, be careful what we're doing here uh, with Dwayne McBride. And a lot goes into the NFL of getting snaps at running back beyond, I mean, ask Kristen Michael. You can look good with the ball in your hand in the preseason in, in a, 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 a a wide zone or you know just going through a, a running back carry, but a lot more goes into actually getting 15, 20, 30 snaps a game. Yeah. And so like you look at this backfield, I think it makes a lot of sense. They have a lot of they have a lot of different type of players, but none of them are three down threats to Alexander Madison, right? As we sit here right now. I, this is a clear, it's a clear crack for him to get a starting job and honestly like you look at guys we talk and honestly we talked about this in the uh, uh on the deeper dive show where we where we did uh running back roundup this week on the patreon side right you get outside of the top 20 running backs the guys that have multiple years that are starters that have multiple years of commitment that might happen once or twice a year there's like four or five of them this year and you start looking at that you're like okay madison's one of those guys like that's the business to be in and you know what like you Running back's the worst when, right? The, the trap at running back is when you pay top of the market guy for uh, top of the market price for a guy coming off good performance, right? Because it's such a risky position that uh, a lot of times all that can happen is things go bad, right? You can you can lose a value, right? You can you can get injured, right? You you buy high on Barkley after his rookie season, and it's been uh, uh, like a lot of trouble since then you're much better off to buy on guys that are depressed in price because all that risk is baked in and for them to try and bust out, right. For them to sort of go up, right. You're much better off making that bet. So him and, uh, and some of the other guys that are sort of in that range, like Madison's the, is the kind of the king of that because he's depressed in price to a point where like, I mean, he's got real good chance to, to to pop two top 15 finishes over the next two years right i don't even think that's that extreme of a statement right and if he stays healthy like he could pop he could post two top 12 seasonal finishes and that wouldn't be surprising at all 
to finish to finish out on Madison, the craziest deal I saw this week was basically Damian Pierce for Alexander Madison in a first. And it's like, as you said, I mean, what what better are you making? Because Madison has, you could argue, more allegiance than Damian Pierce in terms of with that team, stronger projected offense. You bank the first. I mean, it's not even a two-way go. I mean, it's like a two-and-a-half-way go because Madison, look at what his, his peak performance when he actually has had clarified starts. I mean, he's going to be the receiving option. With Pierce, is he going to be someone that sees, you know, a high percentage of that receiving game work? You have to be careful with bets like that. And yeah, a little younger with Damian Pierce, but Madison has been a pretty special case. Like everyone going through it. And that's why, like when I was running comps, I was like, Madison is like a comp breaker because how often do we see a four-year run behind a guy that's one of the more talented running backs in Dalvin Cook in his prime in the NFL? And he just kind of sits there. I mean, this could have been what happened with James Conner. If Le'Veon Bell stayed in Pittsburgh, this could have been the James Conner story, but now we get to use it as James Conner is Madison gone right, and Madison is Conner gone wrong, is how we could view this um, in terms of a trajectory over your rookie contract. Now, Madison, I mean, unlike Toby Gerhardt, he's always the one I remember. He's sitting behind Adrian Peterson. He goes out to Jacksonville, gets money, and then it doesn't pan out. But frankly, I mean, he was a hybrid, almost like a an H-back, fullback type player. Pretty special case of him intrinsically um, as a prospect and as a player. Madison a little bit different here, but unleashed. I mean, it's almost like the Martellus Bennett of the running back position. Good on him to free himself from a big-time talent that he had to wait his time from 21 till uh, now 25. So pretty excited for Madison as we go through. Now, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, interesting to see James Robinson released. And this is a, an injury thing. Never quite got back. It's an early cut, Jordan. This is alarming for, for James Robinson, just because he's younger than you think. <laughs> I mean, it feels like just two or three years ago, uh, that he was a, a rocket ship in Jacksonville winning a job, it, you know, minimal pedigree, but a guy that had a three down profile, a workhorse profile coming out of college. And now he's like mid twenties looking for work, may not find it. And it's good news for Pierre Strong, but Ramondre Stevenson, again, this wasn't really going to be a threat. You had talked through this, that if you're worried about James Robinson, I mean, you're not in the Ramondre Stevenson business to begin with. So uh, again, this clears out a depth chart that has some ambiguity. Ty Montgomery is still looming. We've got a couple uh, of now sophomore running backs that of intrigue with their profiles in Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris, but all that is behind Ramondre Stevenson here. Yeah, you know, this is he's the Josh Jacobs of this year. Right. He's going to be the guy that everyone's going to spend all offseason you know, poo pooing and saying, oh, here's, you know, uh, uh, you know, this uh, Amir Abdullah type is going to come in or this Brandon Bolden type is going to come in. And September it's going to take he averages all the... 22 touches a game. Right. He's going to take like, all where this. Where are we on this? <laughs> right. Right. So what, what are we doing here? Um, yeah. You look at Stevenson, though, like there have been under Bill Belichick, right, in New England, there have been two running backs that have 60 catches in a season. Only Wait, two. hold on, hold on. James White is the easiest one. Um, the other one in the whole Bill Belichick era. Hmm. Uh, it's not Ty Montgomery. Who knows how last season would have gone? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Not Corey Dillon. He was a banger. Who's the second one? Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, there you go. Right, Ramondre leading, Stevenson. Leading question. All right, Ramondre Stevenson. So, what I think is comical is when you see people say they're looking for the receiving guy. Actually, what you right. what I would be worried about is they're looking for a banger. Right? Look for the rushing guy. They're looking for the rushing guy because right. 210 carries, again, 12.4 a game, right? Like, that's not 
bell cow-ish, right? But he ranked 13th in the league in routes per game from the running back position last year, uh, just just short of 20 a game, right? Uh, 5.1 targets per game. That ranked fourth. Okay, that ranked fourth in the league amongst running backs last year. Okay, this is not a 200 and you're, you're fooling yourself and people are, are sort of uh, overlooking this. If you think that here's 220, 225 pound running back who uh, he's a plotter, they need a receiving back. This is a guy that was a top 10 percentile yards per route run guy in college. Okay, this is not a fluke. He is an excellent receiving uh, player. And honestly, the fact he fell as far as he did in the draft was was pretty surprising. I think age probably had something to do with it. Um, but but his profile in college was really, uh, really interesting from a receiving centric profile. And what did he do last year? Absolutely cash that in. Uh, if he can do that with an actual offensive coordinator instead of a defensive coordinator, right? Just that alone. Uh, like there's absolutely running back one overall in his range of outcomes, right? He is, he is the running back this year that you could say, five targets a game, right? If he plunges in 12 plus touchdowns, and again, maybe it's 14, 15 rushes a game, something like that. Uh, that's that, that's that Josh Jacobs type of profile. Well over expectation in rushing yards last year. Again, the offense was crummy. They had a defensive coordinator running it. They have a, now an offensive coordinator running it. That's actually a pretty good one and has been pretty successful everywhere he's been as long as he's not been making personnel decisions in Bill O'Brien. So I look at the Stevenson thing and it's like, I don't know you for bang for your buck. Right. I think he's a really interesting bet because I think he can have a, a really high ceiling. I think he's either an arb down guy or an arb up guy. Right. I think he's a, he's a great landing spot. If you're looking to make a trade, either consolidating running back or trading down from the running back position. Yeah. And he's running back maybe 12 to 15, fairly priced for sure. He's not running back eight, you know, where you go, Ooh, you know, there's three or four guys he's, he's over that make it a questionable valuation for him. And I think what, what you were saying is, you know, looking for the receiving guy, you know, we have that, we have Stevenson as the receiving guy. There's no James white on this depth chart and Ty Montgomery early reports are he's playing a lot of wide receiver. Like he's not mixing in third down back, like hurry up back. That might be concerning uh, to Stevenson. But I think until you see that, then you shouldn't be worried about it. You know, this is not something we're not trending that way. And time O has not really been one to stay healthy for very long anyway. Um, and then the other two profiles where you say Pierre Strong, uh, Kevin Harris, they're both more rushing centric. Uh, Pierre Strong, I like, he's got some juice, 207 pounds, but 39% receiving score. He's under the 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 baseline Mendoza, you know, the 1.0 yards per route run is about the average in college what, that you're looking for. He was below that. And then Kevin Harris was below that as well. He got a little more usage, a little more, you know, running back only breakout score, not to get too geeky, but he, he has a 78% rush score. He's 220 plus pounds. He's got some, you know, some bully ball and, and some power running to his game too. Um, so you look at two guys that are, are more rushing centric and you go, we'll just stack up this depth chart. Who's going to catch balls. It's Ramondre Stevenson. You know, if you stack up those three guys. And I think that's the part that, like you said, you worry about the least now, What's he get? You know, how big is the split, and how big is that pie piece going to be for Stevenson rushing wise? Is it going to top out? Can it be three, four, five carries more? I think that's going to be the biggest uh, question mark here. I think what it does though with the James uh, Robinson being out is it's going to keep us in the game. Pierre Strong looks like a, a real quality stash from the end of last season. We talked about him a little bit, and then obviously someone that if he lingered out there, you go, oh, he's got some size. He's earlier day three. This is an interesting depth chart, and then you pick up Pierre Strong, whether it was 
pre-NFL draft or now post-rookie draft time period of your dynasty calendar. But I think the the biggest thing is it's going to keep you in the Kevin Harris game. If you had a few shares, you want to see how this plays out. You know, is is Strong versus Harris going to be a competition in August? And guess what? If we get to August and he's way behind, there's no injury, there's no nothing changing. Harris might not make your week one. You know, he, he might be a cut and a and a observe and report player from the from the depth chart. So I think it's going to keep you into both of those players more or just locked in than you were previously in the injury away uh, atmosphere for the Patriots. And then we, we may have to, you know, tough cut, you know, you can't really keep running back threes in many, many formats with special cases. And Kevin Harris probably isn't going to be one of those. So see how this develops in, in August would be the game plan at running back two plus. In since 2019, Ty Montgomery has 35 receptions. Okay. Ramondre Stevenson had that many from week. He had 37 from week nine on last year. Yeah, what are we doing? Right. What exactly. are Tom we doing? A, he, he's been a bit player, a bit player. Keep that in perspective. So that shouldn't be. And, and again, more wide receiver. They're loaded at wide receiver. I think Ty Montgomery is going to, he's fighting for a job. He's fighting for a roster spot more so than challenging anybody for anything. So be yeah. careful. Uh, nominated this week for the, did I get enough? I wanted to use B. John Robinson. So he's obviously one you have a lot of options, whether it's 101 or you turn that into B. John Robinson. Superflex deal incoming. We've got B. John Robinson, Isaiah Pacheco on one side for Brees Hall, Tank Bigsby, a 24 first and a 25 second. So you get some hardware there on the other side. Uh, so initially, I think looking at this, I, I put Bigsby and Pacheco. I sort of said they kind of cancel each other out. Like, let's set them aside, right? That's kind Somewhere of in I... the round two prism of cost. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Like, you know, Pacheco, you know, you could make arguments, whatever. I, they're close enough in the realm that set them aside. That doesn't decide this deal. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot to get a top five running back and a future first for another top five running back. Like, that is a big return. And you could argue Brees Hall. Uh, there's been, I've seen arguments for Brees Hall over Bijan Robinson. I would take Bijan Robinson ahead of him because he's healthy. But I mean, if you the the count on Brees Hall stops at like three or four, like that's really as low as you can kind of put him based on the nature of the position right now. That's an awful lot to get for Bijan Robinson. It is. I mean, and Superflex, we always talk about that yeah. helps. That helps the picks. You get the 24 first and the liquidity because in running back land, if you're in an existing league, you don't just go out there waving dollar bills in the air and throwing first at, at let me buy running backs. Like that's not a thing. So you can use that first in a lot of ways. Do you need help at quarterback? Do you uptick there with a profile? Do you uptick and get yourself an auto start wide receiver? You have a lot of, of leverage there. You do get one year older with Brees Hall. He's coming off an injury. I actually thought you were going to poo-poo that side a little more because of just the Brees Hall uncertainty of what if we go down a, 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 a JK Dobbins path of, is he going to be healthy and when, and does he return to form? We saw really great. I mean, if he finished this the last year healthy, I don't think this trade is even possible because the Brees Hall optics and the Brees Hall value is going to be right up there. I mean, right there, neck and neck. And frankly, it's not that far off right now. So, I mean, I know it's Brees Hall and then everybody else is kind of how dynasty running backs are viewed. Um, so again, I'm a little more, on on Bijan Robinson, but I still think in general the team build design is like I love Bixby. You're giving me a first, you're giving me a second. I know I what I can do with that. And Brees Hall, I know I'm willing to be patient because what he showed over that six week stretch and 
if, if you look at Dynasty Medical Twitter, this is less complicated. This is more straightforward that Brees Hall this year is going to return to form. You've got Aaron Rodgers there. They were not really a complete, competitive, higher-level offense last year. So you add those things together of the possibilities where Brees... I mean, let me say this. If Brees Hall gets close or higher than Bijan Robinson in production this year, this trade is a whirlwind, I mean, massively on that side. Because now you're operating with just cash and icing in the bank here beyond two young running backs. I got the guy that actually produced equal or better. Pacheco probably doesn't turn into a thing in 2024. So, I mean, that side could win easily with two or three pieces. Easily. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, is like, we, we talk about this. It doesn't force you to sort of stay and take the bet on Brees Hall, right? Like you're not required to just say, okay, I, I acquired Brees Hall. I need to stay here and see this through the, the trades for Brees Hall out in the market. Like there's some pretty interesting stuff like Najee Harrison. And I, I was, was going to go right to there. I was like, what yeah. could you get on top of Najee Harris for Brees right. Hall? Right. Najee Harrison, Dallas Goddard. Again, if that's a, if that's a premium format, yeah. that's more interesting. Um, there's another one here. Uh, Najee Harris, Terry McLaurin and Kelsey uh, for Brees Hall, basically and Brandon Ayuk. That's pretty interesting, right? So but Brees I, Hall is the type of piece that can get you to Jefferson. Like this is what we're talking about. Like you right. can go head hunting, right? And really do something at another position because again, I, if, if Pitts you're deep and you PPR, yeah, Kyle Pitts and two mean, PPR, yeah, yeah. I mean, so if you added Bijan Robinson and now you're like, you know, I'm deep at running back. Like I just I had the one on one. I took the best player, and now you know I'm I'm looking to get this, and then maybe Brees Hall turns into something. You keep Bigsby, you have the first in your pocket it doesn't have to end here. The cascade can continue. Absolutely. And I think that that, I think that's probably the reason why I would do it. I, I am a little bit skeptical of Bruce Hall's knee. I think we're probably just glossing over it a little bit too much, but if the market's willing to do that for you, right, I am fine. I will engage in that and I will just sort of spin him off and put him in a different package and, and, and do you know Brees right. Hall for Amon Ross St. Brown? Boom. But, Brees you know, Hall was a big like time prospect profile. They got early round two profile uh, yep. pedigree, which is about as good. I mean, yes, we got two top top twelve guys this year. Bijan Robinson was not the surprise. Jameer Gibbs with that level was a little bit of a surprise. But I mean, Brees Hall, strong pedigree, elite profile to get in that zone of the draft. And you saw what he flashed in year one. And again, I get it. You know, if you take out the injury part. I have him like, what is it, about 10, I'll call it 10 to 12% down from Bijan Robinson in total value. And a chunk of that is basically the year difference. You know, you're taking away a year prime of a running back, and you could say similar ceiling, floor projections, you know, a three down profile, high PPR potential. Like, you know, they they check all the boxes you're looking for. And then it's just how much do you put into the the risk part of when is Brees Hall up to speed, you know, and and how close does a to a ninety five hundred percent does he get this year versus next year versus into the future? And and Bijan Robinson, you know, the insulation factors there with him obviously to a high degree as well. All right, let's go to a couple of other trades because I knew we were going to be talking about Ramondre Stevenson. I put one in for him. Superflex. We've got AJ Brown for Ramondre Stevenson, and then next year's first and second. Yeah. Um... Like, this is another, like, you just come back to this and it's, that's really interesting, right? You, uh, AJ Brown has to be elite and it's a range of the position where it's pretty flat, right? It is pretty flat. 
Some people and, have AJ Brown at the top of that, just for the record, you know, sure. of that next group, if you will, in running wide receiver three, four, five, somewhere in there. And then yeah. some people, again, like you said, an amalgam of like, well, if you're gonna give me those prices, why do I, why would I view them differently than wide receiver eleven? Right, and I, that's kind of the position that I take. Right, is I, I like him, but it, like I like there's a lot of guys in that range to like. You know what I mean, like you start looking at the receivers there, you're like, can I really pick between? you know, uh, you know, Jalen Waddle and AJ Brown or Amon Ross St. Brown and AJ Brown, right? Like I, you know, or CD lamb, right? Like there, there's a lot of profiles in there that are pretty interesting and, and I think pretty similar. So I look at that and I say, okay, is that a spot where we can sort of move? You know, is that a spot where we can move off of that? Right. Maybe not necessarily make that type of bet, but you can spin it across the position get a guy that we just talked about how we think he's a huge difference maker at running back and a future first. And doesn't this feel like a yeah. situation where you can, even if let's say Stevenson goes completely sideways on you. I mean, we talked about him earlier in the show, but let's say it goes completely wrong. Uh, running back upside uh, possibilities gone wrong. You still have a first and a second. So I think you absorb and make it a, you can minimize the categorical loss by getting that on the back end. Stevenson, you shoot for it. It doesn't happen. And then ultimately they're playing Belichickian games. And then next year just does not look the same on that depth chart. And you got the first and the second, which we know you can go out there and who gets hurt, right? Or who falls out of the race. And it's October 12th. You can, even if AJ Brown is part of your wide receiver core, and you can say, he's one of my big three. I'm starting three. It's a big deal. But I think someone's going to fall out of it. Is it the Tyreek owner? Is it the Devontae Adams owner? Is it, you know, anyone over the age of 25 or 26? that you can go out there. I mean, you can get Chris Godwin right now for probably the first naked. Like you, right. you can, you have avenues to address the, I mean, Dante Johnson, maybe not even cost you that first. So I think you have ways to say that, okay, I lost AJ Brown. Stevenson's not really working out or he got hurt. I'm not going to feel the same next off season. That's not going to be a big part of this deal. You still have a first to go hunt for a wide receiver in season. If you're like, eh, I'm light. I miss AJ Brown. I miss him. I'm looking for a top 15, top 20 guy with weekly, maybe top five to eight upside. I think you can find that with the first. I, I, I do. So I think you, a lot of times people look at lineups this time of year. We, we say it with running back. It's pretty easy to kind of go into the season. You go three, four, five weeks. Let's see what's going on. You might be great, but if you don't have it figured out, it's okay. And I think wide receiver, we're less comfortable doing that. But if you really miss AJ Brown, I think there's things you can do um, when teams start out one and three, two and five. Yeah, absolutely. And, and fixing wide receiver is the cheapest thing you can do in season, right? Like the, it's, it's incredibly easy to do that. It is incredibly easy to plug holes because like you said, all those teams that fall out of it, right, the first thing they want to do is sell aging receivers. And we yep. know that those guys outproduce their age, right? Or outproduce their value as they get older. Right. And, and Keenan and Allen and, and all those types of guys, right. Those are, can be plug and play guys that can re replicate largely what AJ Brown is going to offer you. And, you know, that second, right. That, that second could be basically right. you know, set aside, right. Sort that of that could be know. Mike Evans, you know, right. just like, I need somebody, I need somebody I can trust a little bit. Absolutely. Right. Week five, figure it out. Yeah. All right. Uh, from life and dynasty lessons learned. And this week I got to share a, a little story because uh, I fell 
um, backwards into a, a good situation. I was able to open, uh, join a tennis tournament that was an open tournament. And just for folks that know, that means there's no restrictions on level. I mean, there's actually a prize pool and no, I'm not going to win, <laughs> but a teaser, but this is literally like, like uh, there are notable pros that have won this tournament, you know, five, 10, 15 years ago. And I think it's an interesting exercise, whether it's you're an, a very amateur athlete, you know, in, in whatever your, uh, whatever your sport or, or activity of interest. But I think like dynasty, like it was something where when I realized I was going to be playing it and I had the opportunity, you have to go into whether it's part of it, you know, tennis is, is matches, but like, whether it's just a one through, you know, it's gonna be 20 minutes, it's going to be two hours. It's going to be multiple days, whatever the duration of the activity is. I think you really have to go into it and say, what's your objective? You know, you always say this all the time, right? What's your goal? You know, and that's what the simple, like a dynasty trade, like, what are you trying to achieve? What are you hoping to achieve? And I think in, in my situation, it was, what's my objective? Is it realistic? You know, am I progressing? Like, where am I going with this? You know, if, if you're looking at like a career arc, let's say, and I think those are interesting questions for a dynasty team. And I had to kind of go through that personally of what am I going into a match? Okay. I'm going to be an underdog. You know, I'm, I'm, I, what's funny, Jordan, I'm like the oldest guy in the, like, I feel <laughs> so old where it's like, uh, you know, if you're in the thirties, there's college kids, you know, that are just like big time on their tennis team. And like, they're in here. I don't know if they think they can win. I mean, they're, they're 20, so they probably think they can, <laughs> but I'm sure, I'm sure somebody that is just wildly good is going to like it, it's nice to win a match, but it's like to win three, four, five and play every single day. Like it's a whole different thing. So asking yourself, what's the objective? And so I had to kind of assess that. And I think for dynasty, whether it's trading, whether it's this season, whether it's your team and roster composition, I think, you know, you could be taking over an orphan. You could be in a new format uh, that you haven't played before. And I think looking at, or where do you sit in season? You know, we, we talk all the time about assessing your team. Where are you? How many games out are you? Uh, do you have players coming back from injury? All these sort of state of the unions, these mini little GM uh, meetings you have with yourself or with a co-owner, whatever the situation. I think this constant assessment of what are you trying to do? What's your timeline? What do you really need to fix? If anything is time on your side? Do you just need more patience with where you sit? Is it freak out moment? Uh, should you make a big move? All these types of things and where are you progressing towards and what's the goal and what's the timeline? These are things that I think we do on a subtle level. A lot of times it could be something with a relationship, your job. Uh, frankly, it could be trying to get through today. I a case of the Mondays, <laughs> like, you know, something, but I, but I think with your dynasty team and portfolio, these are applicable questions where you might look in the league and be like, oh man, I'm in a league with Jordan. Like, this is, what am I doing? Like, this is going to be tough, but you have to ask yourself, what's your goal? What's your objective? You know, and what are you hoping to achieve? And where are you, how are you progressing towards that goal with a rookie draft, a free agent, you know, a waiver run, um, or making a, a key trade or two uh, to get your roster more in line with what you're thinking. I, I think all those things are healthy parts of a dynasty portfolio and frankly, owner skills. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, and a couple of things on that point too, like uh, write it down, right? Like what's your goal? Write it down. They say this about weight loss, right? About, about anything. If you write it down, you're more likely to achieve it and force yourself to look at it. I do that with my teams all the time, right? Hey, here's what I sort of need to accomplish this off season. And you can come back to it and say, all right, like I've knocked out, you know, two, three, and four on this list. I got to, I got to accomplish number one, right? Or all those things. And the other thing too is like, I don't know if if you feel this way, 
but like i know there's a couple of things i want to do on my bike this summer and so i'm out riding today and i went for a nice long ride and as i'm sort of going and i'm thinking about like all right this is going to help me sort of accomplish this right so you're pressing the pedals a little bit harder right you're sort of you're doing all those things if you have sort of a goal in mind instead of just meandering you know wandering and and meandering around and and just going out and train you know if you're just training and going to play tennis right your focus isn't the same as if you have an actual goal in mind so i think all those things you know are, are, are super um are super valuable thoughts yeah i i wax poetic i i recorded something earlier today i i, I don't know the, the platforms meld uh but it was something for uth and and it was just I got a little soapboxy because I think it's really easy to go through life and all of a sudden you realize it's been five years and something in the back kernel of your brain, like you may have said it to yourself two or three times, but if you don't say it to other people, you don't discuss it with your family. You don't say it's important. Um, you don't say that this is something we're working towards and you don't actually set, Hey, it's going to happen by the end of the year. Hey, it's going to happen in the next 18 months. And not just ambiguously, you say, here's the plan to get us on that track to do this within 18 months. And this whole like 10 year plan, five year plan, that's a long way off, Jordan. I mean, we, the world, you, uh, your relationship, your living situation, so many things can change in, in five to 10 years. I really think it's one to two years. And you really need to, if it's important, this whole like, woe is me and boy, like my 30s just drifted away, my 40s drifted away, and I haven't done these things. I'm not saying you have to try to change your world every six months, but there's probably a handful of things or less that that are actually going to be important or, or that you think are important or progressing stepping stones. And that could be in any facet of life. And just like you said, accountability, tell people, write it down. You know, it's not a bragging thing, but it's like, you know, I'm trying to do this, you know, and, and actually try to take steps forward. You know, I know some people are like, you know, if you want to write a book, you know, yeah, you're right. You sit down at the typewriter. They used to be typewriter, but you sit down for 20 minutes a day and you write something. And it's like, yeah, that's how you start. That's how you end up with a hundred pages at some point in time. It starts with a paragraph. And if you sit, if you do your college final paper, it's like, gotta be 20 pages. Yeah. If you wait till the night before 20 pages is the heck of a lot, but if you've been doing it for three weeks, it's not so much. It's a page a day or whatever. So you have to be really careful about procrastinating and then just turn it into woe is me. Like my life never changed. It never uh, progressed towards something I wanted to do. And I think dynasty is the same way. Like get off your butt. If you have, if you, if you want to get a cornerstone wide receiver, have you sent a lot of offers? Have you tried to do that? Have you looked at what you realistically have to sell that can rebalance your team or get you in that direction? If you want, I mean, we've talked about it before. Getting Patrick Mahomes is wildly accessible. And so to say like, oh, he's out there. The owner will never sell. Well, guess what? The 101 team in a startup draft will do it. The uh, you, you can put together two or three things. It's amazing that you can get deals done. So to say it, it isn't going to happen, well, you haven't tried. And I think in life like Dynasty, if you haven't tried, Get no one to blame but yourself. Funny, because you—they say, "What are you? The you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with." It's like you're probably one of those people for me. We spend a lot of time talking, chatting, all that stuff, all those things. Like you know, is you had sort of lived a lot of that stuff, right? Like just you know, you want to do something, actually do it, right? And you know, founding UTH and, and changing your career and doing that. And actually, it was inspiration for me to do it too, right? Like I I was in a dead end job and it it sucked you know and i was like all right let's let's go and actually do this and sort of press the button like you don't 
like you you if you say it you got to kind of make it it's it's easier to make it happen you only get your 30s sure. and 40s once right and and eventually yeah, you're gonna get old enough you're going to start getting broken you know and you're going to start you know things change you know Absolutely. and before you life will just pass you know and, and for parenting right you're going to wake up and they're moving out of the house yes and you're going to wish they were they were a teenager that you were just please spend more time with me these are <laughs> these are golden moments you will you can't wait to have those again you know you'll be like oh i wish i had those you know 13 14 15 year old uh, time period again what do you think is on uh, the premium side for dynasty think tank this week it's patreon.com/dynastythinktank and again we're going through running backs but what are we offering folks as the add on the super fan package of content as we go through these summer months so a couple of good things uh, on on our main feed. So if you're listening to this, the podcast that is directly before this is a preview of last week's Patreon show, our deeper dive. It's our running back roundup. You'll hear about the Cleveland Browns was actually the segment that you hear. Um, and, you know, it's us talking. I believe it's yeah, 10 minutes or so. Right. That's a preview. So if you're thinking about Patreon, go listen to that. That's a kind of a preview of what you're going to get. Um, this week we talked AFC South. Uh, we talked about uh uh, you know, some, some different running back plays that we have there, get a little betting advice as well. Some thoughts there on the, in the betting markets. And uh, after this show, we're actually going to record our after hour show and it's going to be fun. We might even have a, a dynasty think tank cardio challenge. So yeah, pretty excited for this. We're going to set this up. So come over there, join us, right? You'll get plenty of content. You get two. If you, if you come and be a core subscriber, you get an extra podcast that after our show um, each week. And if you become a star patron, you get a, you get two shows, which is that after our show, plus the deeper dive, it's usually about 25, 35 minutes on uh, running backs right now is the theme we're sort of working with as we work through June. Yeah, Jordan, I think I think we might be able to like go viral within the Patreon platform if we figure out how video works. Like neither one of us is like <laughs> big on like uploading video or something. But if one of us ends up throwing up and like getting violently ill, like and completing some cardio thing, you know, and, and that's posted and you know, you get the you get the full uh full filmography there as a uh, as one of the patrons, you know, that I think would be something that you want to make sure you're inside the circle for that. But again, the, the running back series alone is going to get your dynasty team super charged as we go towards week one. All right. Uh, that is going to do it this week. Thanks so much for listening to dynasty. Thank you. You can follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL at Mer McNamara dynasty for Jordan. We have our own dynasty content platforms. He mentioned it analytics of dynasty.com UTH dynasty.com. Make sure you unlock those ceiling results and seek elite outcomes for your dynasty squads. Thank you.